0: Hello and welcome to the Negroni Talks podcast, brought to you from East London and supported by Campari. Set up to be lively, provocative debates on issues around architecture, the Negroni Talks are hosted at the Venetian restaurant Ombre in Hackney and organised by architects Fourth Space with the assistance of Rob Fain and Bobby Jewell. The talks are designed to emulate the opinionated and convivial free flowing debates found in the Fancy Ecla European Cafe Society being fuelled by food, drink and particularly Negroni. There's no stage, no standing on ceremony and the audience are asked to participate as much as invited speakers and the chair for the event. These recordings are presented as they happen live and like the talks themselves, with no frills and little or no editing to bring you the arguments of the evening, direct and unfiltered.
1: I'll hand you over to the chair for the evening, which is Nigel Coates, over there. And uh, I'll pass you a mic as well, Nigel, um, as I'm doing so. And you can introduce the speakers if you could.
2: Thank you so much. I wonder if I could have a seat, ladies. Thank you. 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 (laughs) (laughs) It's great to see so many people here. What a a hive of gossip it's going to be. Jesus. Well we, uh, Sadie is here, not here, Sadie Morgan, DRMM, you know her, I heard gossip about Hastings Pier, Uh, I'm not going to reveal it uh, until later. And um, who else we got, Sir Peter Cook, where are you Peter, Gossip of Old, I do remember that in the old days that you advocated both copying and gossiping. <laughs> and of course Crab uh, of Crab Architects and uh, latterly of Archigram. And Le- Leon Triton, where are you? Of Ing Media, the largest media organisation for architecture, I'm told. How many employees have we got? Forty, more than many architects. <laughs> and Amanda Bailey, or Bailey, we're just having kind of practicing uh, pronunciation. In Italy I'm called Nigel Coates. <laughs> and uh, you're running Archiboo, I think I'm on there somewhere in the depths of it. Anyway, it comes up on my... I'm not sure whether I chuck it in the bin or not. But, Amanda, you will remember of old as editor of BD. Uh, Much uh, required reading in New York because they were desperate for gossip about London. So, anyway, those are our speakers. And uh, the theme of the evening you know. And uh, it's a difficult one when you start to look at what gossip is really about. And you... It's a kind of currency. It has a value. You can impress your friends with juicy gossip. You can also get into horrible trouble. I imagine there's a lot of gossip in Westminster right now and, uh, and it all has a value. So do you have a right to gossip if you're telling something true? Only uh, if uh, that that Uh, knowledge is in the public domain but if it's not and you're actually using it to further your own glow your social aura then perhaps it's not so good but Oscar Wilde said there's only one thing in life worse than being talked about and that's not being talked about and that goes for the media you know we all love column inches and if would we rather have a bad review than no review at all? There's a question to discuss. So anyway, I think the format is that we, we have a little bit of uh, ruminating on the subject from each of you and then, have we only got one microphone by the way? Oh, Another one, so they could share, I can keep this one, and they can share that one. <laughs> um, Leanne, would you care to kick off? I can see you've got a piece of paper. Does that mean you've prepared something?
3: There we go. Thank you. Um, so I haven't been to one of these talks before, so I didn't know whether it was a full PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> and, uh, Everyone would be wearing a You had heard it was cosy, <laughs> but it's uh, uh, it's dogs and logs and very lovely. Um, so so first of all, I just want to challenge really the sort of marketing blurb for this talk uh, because it sort of put across this idea that there was a once a golden era where architects shared um, gossip, and I think it said in, with great generosity, like you're all sitting around loving each other and caring um, and not being complete bitches and um, I don't know some of the older people might be able to tell us uh, about that golden time and there's also a suggestion in the blurb that we don't gossip anymore you know we're not sharing information with this generosity well well I arrived at uh, uh, six o'clock tonight as, as we were told to on the the form, and uh, I've picked up a lot of gossip, so it seems like it's very much alive and well. Um, I I think in all seriousness, to uh, Nigel's point, is it right to talk about something if it's uh, gossip, uh, if it's true? Um, And I think that's, uh, and can it kill careers? And I think that really it's not the gossip that kills the careers it's actually what people do that kills careers i think we shouldn't get confused about that Um, but
2: sometimes there's misinformation creeps into the process of gossiping
3: Absolutely, absolutely. So I, as a recipient of gossip, I think you've got to be a smart listener to understand why someone's telling you this information and what they're trying to get across. Um, and uh, I think that that could uh, come into play. The 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 other thing I would point out before I pass on to uh, Amanda, who's an expert in this, is the... Um, NDA, I mean, if, if there's anything that has killed good old-fashioned gossip is the NDA. I mean, I'm up to my ears in, uh, in these non-disclosure agreements, and uh, some people take them more seriously than others, but uh, it, it has made things much less fun than they used to be.
4: Yeah, thanks, Leanne. Uh, yeah, gossip gets a really bad press. Um, women is something women do. It's kind of tittle-tattle, you know, Any it's women? Me-
2: You're wrong there. No, I no, I know.
4: I'm just saying it's perceived that it's something that women do. Of course, men gossip far more than women. Um, but it's a kind of male online, you know, looking at celebrities. I mean, I would argue that gossip is, is very, very important. Um, it's very important for architecture um, because you have to know... To understand architecture, uh, British architecture, you have to know... Um, the friends, um, the feuds and the feelings, uh, you have to know, um, the, s- the story behind the story and, um, I guess what's kind of, I mean, going back to those very old days of when I edited BD uh, and BD was in print, you know, the journalist's job was to have two-hour lunches um, to drink uh, but to come back sober enough with some stories. And they weren't necessarily the kind of tittle-tattle that you, you probably now think they are in the sense that they were just diary stories, sometimes they could be actually pretty important stories, sometimes they were just diary stories, but I think what we're kind of going to discuss is what's happened, and as Leanne um, made the very good point, um, yes, NDAs, um, sorry, yes, non-declosed, yeah, they've gagged most architects. Um, You ask them, I mean, for for really sort of small schemes, they're all signing NDAs, which is really weird. I think PRs do have a role to play in the kind of uh, non-gossip in magazines, um, because although it's a bit much to say that um, PRs lie, um, but they do narrow the agenda somewhat, and, you know, they are always serving their clients so they trying will suppress stories Am i mean do i have to pass on no no
2: okay i've just, just got a few ejecting. more points <laughs> i
4: mean the main i think the kind of most important point is that the the press that's the architectural press and all the press has been completely devastated by online um by google and, Facebook, um, and uh, advertising going online which means that they have no money. Um, So you know in the old days a journalist on BD would be allowed out for a two hour lunch I was hurt, told the other day that a journalist on BD wasn't even allowed to go and see a building because they couldn't afford the train fare. So how on earth are you going to get stories? So maybe it's
2: happening somewhere, some, somewhere else then.
4: It's happening. Somewhere. Well, it's happening everywhere. It's happening it's on everywhere. the Independent. It's happening so on you know. Y- on it, we're here to talk about architecture rather than the general press. No, no,
2: I'm talking about even even amongst architects that they c- they get their gossip other ways. Well,
4: I mean they, they don't get, they gossip, but they gossip, but also. So architects have become very, very scared. Um, after the recession, you know, it took a few years. I mean, I guess it took from 2007 to when they bounced back in 2014. And when they did bounce back, which is obviously great, they didn't want to speak because they're so fucking scared about a client um, hearing about what they've said or the NDA thing or their PR has told them not to. So I guess it's the combination of the scared architect and the media that doesn't, has been really cut off on the, from the knees. It means that we're not reading it. The gossip's still there. It's just not coming out. But
2: there is another other aspect of gossip. Is like hiding your homework, isn't it? It's like, and someone spots the homework... And tells another architect, so it's between but architects. But I'm not actually
4: that interested in the gossip between architect and architect. Oh, I no, I'm interested, <laughs> in the, I'm interested in the gossip that gets published because I'm a journalist, and that's probably why I'm
2: here.
5: Right. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> Shall I pass on? Please do. Okay. Well, I'm going <clears> to <throat> come in from a completely different angle. I think I'm, I'm less interested in the architectural gossip, but I'm very interested in people, and I think that comes from fifty years of teaching and have only tens of thousands because I discovered fairly early on I think I was fairly self-centered as a uh, maybe I still uh, early on but then I if you're teaching you're either the sort of teacher who says do this because I do it and it's good or you're the sort of person who works through the the person and I think over the years I've become more and more and more and more interested in people and watching their foibles and picking up on little tweaks you know, sometimes you've got a hundred to deal with. It's very hard. But if you've got, say, twenty over but a year, but then do
2: you use that to tell someone else the things? No, that you I connected? use it
5: to tell myself how to. So you're gossiping to, them. to yourself. I'm gossiping to myself. <laughs> and then you, pick, then of course you do pick up odd salacious things or odd things that they have a or fetish. Or
2: who's sleeping with who in the yeah, studio? You, That's who's sleeping with thought. who? Or who has <laughs> a fetish
5: about dogs? Or who? <laughs> you know, why is. Both of them are reading Schopenhauer, whatever it might be. And then you sort of work on it. So I use... I've been fascinated by people. And I also find that the only novels that I read, which is very few, are probably very unfashionable. I, I still read C.P. Snow, because he's very good on gossip. And, and the relationship between people's personality and what they then do. And the other author is Larry McMurtry, the American author, Texan who's very, very good on people. And if you if you extrapolate that and you look at people you know and then you hear bits of gossip about similar sort of people and then you look at look at them again and you... But do you ever you, use... In one, one of my but great indulgences... do you indulgences ever sell that
2: gossip? Do you ever use it to ingratiate
5: yourself? Uh, occasionally, hey. but <coughs> not in its own... I'm more interested in the phenomenon Understand. than passing it on. Uh, and that... Yeah, but it's, it's, I, I'm being honest. I mean, that's, that's my view of gossip. I'm interested in, I love salacious gossip. And the other thing is that 80, 85% of gossip is true. Yeah. There's very little gossip that doesn't have... There's a grain of truth. More than or a grain. More than Mostly a grain. True. I would say 85% of gossip is 70% true. That doesn't mean... <laughs> seriously. But what, what, with, with, with my closest friends, what I also have indulged in is predictive gossip. Watch X and Y. What do you reckon? <laughs> Watch X and y a monk down the lane. Looks like. Watch X and Y. Another monk. Told you. <laughs> I mean, more times That's than prediction. not. That's prediction. That's it's prediction, different. but it's based upon it's the same. Innocent, it's, it's slightly
2: more innocent, Well, I'm not teaching. claiming innocence
5: at all. I but know it, it's, you should, it's, nor it's, should it's you. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 the same. I think it's the same animal. I think that it, uh, I often use the term sniff. Yes, I yes. say the sniff. You sniff. Well,
2: there. there is a rumor that you don't so much read books as write them.
5: That's right. Is yeah. That, yeah. that true? Reading them is terribly <laughs> tedious. <yeah. laughs> Writing them is amusing, except now, you know. Again, it's the same phenomenon that, that uh, you don't get paid American, anything do to write. American editors—they just turn it into Timespeak, oh. and so that's also, you know, everybody's so fearful of litigation yes. that you can't say, you know, I think that this is a lousy street or whatever, because well, th- somebody say why and can you prove that, and you're going to be sued.
2: Yes, yeah, they're terrible. Um, anyway, we're not in America, so thank God. Um, Sadie, Hello. welcome. Hello, thank you. Yes. I hope you were delayed for um, gossipy reasons. I was.
6: If I only wish I could say that I was. <laughs> Give me another gin and tonic and I'll tell you. Yes. Uh, well, might that's be the, answer. the idea. <laughs> 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 <Maybe>. Drink
2: more <laughs> and thou shalt reveal.
6: Now shalt, No, I, I, I'm afraid I don't have anything terribly exciting. Well, I overshare is the first thing I might say. I, you tell a, everybody everything. I tell everybody everything about myself. Um, well, do you I listen
2: d- to when they're talking about themselves?
6: I'd like to think so, yeah. You do. But <laughs> I, uh, I definitely... I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, it's, uh, is it gossip or is it intelligence, actually? Well,
2: gossip's the word. There it is, hot gossip. Yeah. It's there on the wall. So, so, so. I mean, I think... Huh. I mean,
6: you know, I, I'm sorry that I didn't hear what everybody most of what everybody had to say Um, and I think I I just I when I was cycling here uh, I was (laughs) thinking about um, uh, about the kind of gossip and architects and you know the fact that we have this sort of terrible you know everyone's everyone thinks we're complete gossips and um, and on the face of it we are but actually I think there's a lot of love uh, that goes around and I think there's a lot of sharing that goes around and I think we're very good not necessary. I mean, I think, think we gossip positively. R- I think if we gossip, if I gossip, I gossip because so I like. maybe that's
2: it. what hot gossip means. I
6: think. I think. Mm-hmm. I think it might be. I think that. I think if there's some hot stuff that you need to you let your friends know, um, then you but pass I, it on.
2: Oh, that's my bell um, thing going off for Peter. So you're still all right for time.
6: Well, but I mean, I think the point is we have a bad name. And, yes, we are a bit weedy. And, uh, and we do need that. to stand up for ourselves. You said we were scared.
2: Well, Amanda said and, the, the, uh, that...
6: No, but I think the two things are the same. Uh, and I tend to agree. I think, I think we do need to stand up for ourselves and collaborate more and talk more and talk more about difficult, stressful things. Uh, and, uh, and, yes, we are signed up to NDAs. And the fricking... Bloody Official Secrets Act now, so I can have, I can be hung, drawn and courted for gossiping, yeah. um, which is takes it yes, to a whole other level. Has anyone been um, s-
2: ever been sued for uh, uh, s- revealing uh, truths that they shouldn't have at a dinner party? How does it work in terms of you know what you share amongst your I friends
4: mean, think, over well, dinner? As long as I think this is something... Sorry.
6: No, I was just going to say that if you know, it, it, there's something that's there's positive gossip. Like right? if you have a really crap client, or you have a difficult, you know, th- there's a lot of things you might want to share. Uh, that yes, could could be seen as but positive intelligence. But that's slightly
2: different. I think that gossiping has a kind of slightly malicious edge, and it's often. I mean, if you'd heard the, I don't know, th- some inside uh, track on. Who'd won what competition and why, and who was on the jury, and maybe that could be tinged with hubris? Maybe,
6: oh god, definitely, especially which is not your
2: kind of saying that gossip is all lovely and we all love it. I'm not saying that, I'm just just trying to put a different, share, click, share, and it's the same. I'm just trying to say it's
6: not all, I mean, all I'm trying to say is put it positive, you know, there is some positive gossip. Is good Has anybody
2: there. got any thoughts, negative thoughts about gossip? Is it is it kind of poisonous? G- is I there is there?
3: I, I was just going to say something in uh, relation to PRs, and and Amanda is is right to be uh, uh, suspicious. However, uh, the the sort of demise of the print media is a whole different discussion. But one of the great things about PR uh, about uh, Uh, gossip, I should say, not about PRs, is that it's a a good backstop for people spouting their own uh, positive press. And I think, uh, you know, gossipy gossip, hot gossip, people discussing things is not a bad thing uh, when... When the sort of single message is put out there, it's, it's a good thing for people to be having a, a bit of a gossip and a bit of uh, a checks and balances. That's wrong, Leanne.
4: I mean, PRs don't like rumours because they can't control them. Um, so, I, it, it, you know, you may want a bit of gossip to get out about a particular client because it gives, it's, it's good for the client. But you don't want the wrong bit of gossip to get
2: out about the client. You don't want the salacious stuff, do you? Well, what about I mean, I, don't think about d- I wouldn't dirty, get so excited, near about, me, example, uh, you know, about the salacious. What about, I, uh, a friend told me the other night was uh, something I should know about already, but in the US there's this thing called Dirty Men in Architecture, which is like kind of a Me Too version, and kind of those people are going to be really terrified of being outed. And some names were but mentioned, by the way, at the dinner table. <laughs>
4: Yeah but that's been I mean that's pretty old all that me too stuff. I mean a it lot is, of It is
2: but it's continuing. It still it still kind of has value as gossip. But, but Nigel if that was cut in people down. But if
4: if BD or AJ or anyone printed that stuff and it wasn't
2: true, they would be sued. So tell <laughs> us a Tell us about how B D used to bring in the lawyers. When would when would the when would legal advice be appropriate oh God. to actually I don't cover think is anybody really interested? I'm asking.
4: Okay, well I mean uh, <laughs> <laughs> hands up, who wants to know? I mean it's not like Okay, okay. <laughs> well, you know, I have... The thing is, in this room, I have my first editor, and I have one of my r- old reporters here. So it's kind of... I feel a bit in the spotlight, but, I mean, basically... You well, are, dear. Yeah, I mean, in the spotlight from from these two, because he'll jump up and correct me on any, any legal thing, and Elizabeth's writing it all down. Um, I guess what happened in the old days, very broadly, on BD, because we were part of a big group, and they had... I mean, they had—they um, were sensible. They had deep pockets. They owned building and they owned property week. And we had a lawyer. And so on a Wednesday when we went to press, and there was something that you just had a feeling about, maybe because you knew that the architect was very litigious, like Alfred Hall Monaghan Morris. You for example.
2: For example.
4: <laughs> You would ring your lawyer and you would fax over or email over the story and they would come back nine times out of ten and say, it's fine. Because, you know, libel law is very specific, but, I mean, there's def, You know, I'm not going to give a little sort of seminar on libel, but, yeah, no, but there's defamation. If you, if you said, for example, that so-and-so has lost the job or been kicked off the job and they and hadn't, hadn't been... You would be sued. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. You I mean, of course, country. I haven't said you should. <laughs>
7: okay. But no, I think I'm there was
4: a bit of. I think there's a bit of a misunderstanding generally. Not. Not. I mean, I just think that people kind of think that journalists will get, Oh, they'll come back from the pub and they'll write it down and they'll say, oh, oh, oh well. Fine. No,
2: but and I of remember. I remember being grilled by you oh, several times, and I loved it because I loved to Aww. play the game. Good. And, uh, But I knew that you would also be talking to other people and you'd be cross-referencing like mad to try to ascertain what was true or how to... Come at it as a journalist to actually put it in the public domain. I need,
4: you just need to stand up your story. So if some, if Elizabeth has come back with a story, and or Paul has come back with a story, which was very frequent in sort of years and bloody years ago, and you'd roll in, you know, 4:30 in the afternoon. And say, oh, I've got some stories for you. Yeah, you know, I've heard this from Stuart Lipton. I've heard this from this and, and you know, the, the reporters would have to like find out if this story was right by ringing up other people to get them to verify it. And and if you've got three sources for a story, you're you're pretty safe.
2: Exactly, but you need those three. But yep. I just like to just move on from the PR of journalism thing and go back to life in the
5: office. Yeah, can I yeah. comment on I mean surprisingly I, I hear a lot of gossip from younger younger people than myself, students and people who work for us about who the shit employers are. And it's really, you get there, is, and, and, and the stories are very consistent. I mean, I'll start with one. Oh, I can't remember his name, but you'll all know who he is. Uh, the guy who did this year's pavilion in the park, uh, the Japanese guy. I always forget his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the gossip I've heard is different. My Harvard student three years ago had had him before me, and they all complained that he only showed up twice, in the, in the semester, he's, and you would only contemplate them doing exactly what he drew them to do. And they thought he was a total asshole. We then had somebody who worked for us for a year at Crab, who then worked, worked for him for a year in Tokyo, and the follow-up was even more hair-raising. He is an absolute shit personality, he treats people badly, he's not only arrogant, he,
2: yeah, but he's,
5: I mean, he is particularly fashionable. And I find myself, perhaps this is old-fashioned. I can't take his, I can't stand looking at his buildings because what I've heard about him as a person is so offensive that it gets, it's rather like that thing, you know, should should Jews listen to Mahler conversation? Uh, yeah, sorry, should Jews listen to, to sorry, Bargmann. It's that conversation that the, that the personality gets in the way of however talented they may be there are coming into London I mean there's certain people who have the reputation of being chip faces and there are the odd person I'll I'll mention one which is uh, Er Eric Parry has the reputation of being really nice to work for and again my sampling you know because I have so many students and I, I tend to listen to the young <laughs> is he one of your
2: clients <laughs> Well done man I didn't make it before that. No I mean it's, it's,
5: it's the the replacements the, 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 the reportages from people of different ages different times if if you find over the years people But of course the rumor machine works over
2: the ta- over time when mm-hmm. either students are t- deciding where, which schools they want to go to because there are going to be all sorts of rumours going around about the graduates from those schools and what the teachers are like and how well you mm. did there and whether it's worthwhile or not is it a sausage factory Bartlett. <laughs> or, or what um, and then when they come to go to work in offices of course that rumour and let's call it gossip uh, is going to shape their
5: career path. But what is odd, I find, is that again, you know, I, I very often get asked by people graduating or people who've been doing year art or whatever, who should I work for? And then and they they name three or four names, and you say, well, so and so's an arsehole. So and so will work you all, you know, every weekend and all night. So and so is nice. But why don't you think? Of, but no, because the, the branding thing is so strong that they will even, having been fully informed, not only by me, but perhaps three other people, that so and so is an asshole, they'll still go there because they want that name on yeah. their CV. Of and course. that is a phenomenon that has increased. So that there's this, the, in a way, reputation. We've become well, a little bit kind of. On the subject of, what, of reputation. Yeah.
2: I, uh, just over the road is the London School of Architecture and I wrote a piece for their new magazine called Citizen about queer space. And in that article, I, when I was writing it, I thought, what, what is, uh, where does queer space lie in the world of practice in architecture? And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that um, Norman Foster's buildings were the queerest of all. <laughs> because they're tough, They're kind of heavy metal, there's kind of real kind of kit in the buildings. But what convinced me was his Instagram post of him in a giant unicorn multicolored rainbow (laughs) uh, blow-up boat. So I've kind of generated my own little kind of gossip fantasy about him as as the quintessential queer architect. (laughs) No can anyone <laughs> add to that? <laughs> well, I, yeah. Look, we've only got yeah, two microphones, but we we want to share them.
4: Who wants to speak?
2: Please just come forward if you need to speak. I can see somebody eating spaghetti, yeah. La, linguine. Why has <laughs> <laughs> well, only one person <laughs> got a tooth? Two, three. Okay.
8: Any? Yeah, I have a question. Um, one thing I think is interesting because Nigel, you mentioned the uh, shitty men in architecture list, and I think it's a really interesting example of how, compared with what Peter's talking about, this idea that you know, like these stories go around, and you know, younger people in your office are talking about who's good to work for, who's bad to work for. This is like a huge, you know, shared data, uh, you know, like spreadsheet. Then it only took one person to sort of write in that someone. Was, had you know, behaved badly. Behave badly, and it is just shared with god knows how many people, and the sort of virality of the internet means that, you know, it's it's not like in the office where like a few people tell the story and it starts to kind of build momentum. You know, one person suggesting it's out there in the world, and I think possibly that sort of virality of the internet, you know, the same with sort of social media, probably means that people are more fearful than ever to, you know, allow gossip about them to spread. You know, maybe. Sort of 10 years ago, if something bad got printed in BD, you sort of hope that some people didn't read it that week and, you know, that maybe sort of like, <laughs> you maybe, maybe it might get swept under the carpet, but sort of the way that the internet works now means that no one misses those stories. But don't
2: you think there's lots of information that disses people in positions of power, which is too toxic to actually ever appear on Twitter or uh, on Instagram?
8: I mean, uh, as a journalist, I did not print anything that was in that list because I was—you I have you no idea where those sources well, come there is from.
2: A, but isn't there a sort of conspiracy of silence about certain people? I mean, I know Terence Conran used to pin his secretary over the photocopier, and everyone knew that that mm. was the case, but he just carried on doing it. But and I now it doesn't sort of matter, <laughs> but he did. <laughs>
8: But I think the thing about that list is, you know, when, like, <laughs> in the... <laughs> I think in sort of the orders, you know, when you have sources, you're kind of going out and about. You know, you, like Amanda says, you're going out to lunches, you're having conversations, you know who your sources are. You yes, but you I still think
2: that it's kind of more, almost more interesting underneath the radar of of the media that is of course certain stuff gets onto twitter and instagram and yeah. and facebook but there's another kind of gossip which is literally over dinner and it's kind of you know it's said uh, in 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 a private environment and paul do you wh- what's your perspective on the private versus the the public
9: well it's all the best stories and the the, the <laughs> journalists is, is, I think one can make a broad distinction about gossip which, uh, to me gossip is a, picking up peter's point it, it is always about people I mean gossip about institutions doesn't make any sense it has to be about the president not the institute it has to be about people in the practice it yes, can't yes, just yes. be you know ab- about the office and what that means is because it's about people people tell you things about people and sometimes you can just run a diary story because you kind of trust the person who told you it's not libelous it might be embarrassing which is not libelous Well
2: like with and Prince Andrew right that now That sort of thing
9: and it might, well no not <laughs> Prince Andrew but, but, but the um, best of all it's either extraordinarily unlikely so a perfect kind of gossip story is what is the juxtaposition of the unexpected the person, the situation, the outcome and you just think my god that couldn't have happened could it? But it's stated there as a fact and that's why gossip is sort Uh. of so juicy. Now if there's other sort of gossip which with some more work and a bigger headline is a front page news story. There was a famous diarist on the times called angela gordon and she got better stories in her diary column every day than they were printing on their front page they were fantastic but doesn't,
2: but doesn't private eye did the same thing now where yes, it not. disguises it it cos it but often it's actually going to the heart of uh, of 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 political turmoil and bad behaviour.
9: Yes, we're talking about naughty people. Private Eye used to have a famous award. They don't do it anymore. It was the Private Eye Shit of the Year Award. <laughs> um, and the reason that they could dish this out, and they used to say why they dished it out, and they would describe some of the behaviour that led to somebody becoming shit of the year. And the thing is, you cannot sue for libel over for what's calling called... calling
2: someone a shit.
9: No, but you cannot sue for libel over what is called vulgar abuse and calling somebody a shit. Which ship, is also
2: not allowed in there's, Parliament.
9: There's ple- you can't, Exactly so. Now you can, there are plenty of other phrases you can use, but provided it's vulgar abuse you cannot be sued. So it's like Amanda's point. <laughs> there are protections for the diarist and the relayer of gossip um, and they go so far. I was sued twice over diary items. The first one was the <laughs> architectural correspondent of The Observer uh, who had, had written some scathing criticism um, of some dreadful commercial architecture down in Southwark um, on, on the North Bank uh, by St. Martin's Property Corporation, which was uh, owned by um, uh, not Qataris, but anyway, it was Saudis, I think. And um, Stephen Gardner He told me this story, by the way. He'd been approached by the government of the said Middle East country and it was put to him that wasn't it time that somebody wrote a magnificent architectural history of all the great contemporary architecture coming out of the said country and (laughs) he'd been relayed this message by Prince Sultan Al-Nahid or something or other. He readily agreed to produce this pile of rubbish which came out as a wonderful coffee table book you know the great architecture of whichever country it was and um we reported this story the first thing that really annoyed him we described him as the aging observer (laughs) architecture (laughs) correspondent he rang up in an absolute fury and said, how dare you call him me ageing? And I said, well, Stephen, none of us are getting any younger. And he just slammed the phone down. He certainly couldn't, couldn't sue over that. Unfortunately for us, we had run in our diary column, we'd ask readers to write in and say we've heard about this forthcoming coffee table book which will mean that you will never hear any criticism from Stephen Gardner of that dreadful architecture on the banks of the Thames in Southwark anymore has anyone got any suggestions about what the title should be called? And somebody wrote a letter in, which we should never have published, saying, why don't you call it the John Polson story? Now, John (laughs) Polson, for younger people here, which is most of you, was a corrupt architect who was jailed for bribery and all sorts of naughty things back in the 1970s and of course when Stephen saw that he knew he was going to get a a holiday courtesy of building design and we had to pay him five grand and his legal costs. (laughs) The other one, very briefly, Muriel Gray, a very witty sort of Scottish kind of art critic and you know, cultured person, she did this program on TV about fakes And we wrote a diary item saying that she herself was a fake because she spent all her time (laughs) in London and was never seen in Scotland and all her interest in Scottish architecture was a complete phony she sued us and uh, we immediately agreed to apologize but her lawyers had never asked for any payment whatsoever including of their own legal fees so we published the apology her lawyers then threatened to sue us again because we refused to pay their legal fees and our lawyers took massive delight in telling those Scottish lawyers the equivalent of fuck off, but in very nice legal language. But you can get sued, it doesn't happen now because people are so bloody frightened to publish anything. You know, we don't even have libel insurance anymore, it's that well, bad. The
4: point about the money, it costs a lot of money.
9: It does
2: indeed. But just tilting, ag- once again, away from the media, I'm interested in the gossip that happens in the, in the morning, in the office, where you're kind of sitting and having coffee. Uh, and you never guess what I heard last night. Has anyone uh, got anything to add to the office environment and how, it, how certain truths are shared, either by the partners or by other people working in the office? Is this a, does it happen? Or has it not
10: happen? Unless anybody else wants
2: it, you just got to be okay, a bit um, more, you know, um, Stick your hands up and we'll bring you the mic.
10: I think there's only three of us here tonight, but and I, th- I think it's all me, Hugh, and Paolo. We all worked at Harper MacKay. Harper MacKay were known for um, quite a lot of gossip in. The well, because it was 90s. a big office. It was big. It was about thirty people at one point. But um, everything the 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 BD used to talk about, and everybody, everything that um, used to be gossiped about in St John's, was probably true and then some. And you never knew what to expect in the office. It was a good office to work for because it was exciting. And we used to have people come up to us and saying. I can't believe you're working at Harper Mackay. Must be great fun stories all the time. Everybody was sleeping with everyone. There was fights. There was drinking. There was people in the gutter at six in the morning. Um, and it was very much of those Clarkenwell days. I think that happens less now. I think younger architects have this issue with gossip, which... Maybe they're not going out having long lunches. Maybe they're not finding out more about other people or maybe the offices are a little bit dry and a little bit boring. But I also think there's a lot of younger architects maybe worried that if they get a bad rap and a client or a potential client hears about it and they might lose a the job, they're a bit too panicked to So they're that.
2: less inclined mm. to gossip. Is that true? Come on, reveal a bit more, please. Somebody... Can
11: I just say something? No? It's funny because I've been working at Harper Downing, so I know uh, David Harper quite well. You know who's yes, it? I know quite well. Uh, I mean, so he's telling the truth. He is. I mean, if it's similar office, I suppose where he's coming from, yes, the situation was quite uh, exuberant by the end of the day. You know, the week were always coming with some new stories. But, I mean, overall, I kind of felt the idea that gossips. Um, should stride away from the idea of how people just interact with each other because uh, Peter Cook kind of made uh, some nice points about having a conversation where gossip becomes a share of information and knowledge that can be positive and negative. Obviously, there is the fact that a uh, very hot gossip where everyone kind of wakes up in the morning and say, Okay, have you seen what happened last night? Let's put some veil of sadness upon someone because it's so easy to put this sorts of na- n- names and words upon someone because we wanna feel because better. It's because it's entertaining to it's the people It's entertaining who but because they make other people feel better by themselves. So I think it's easier to put you know shame someone they actually put a, a, you know say oh how good the other person was which actually is a gossip but people are afraid in architecture people are afraid about people saying this is actually better than me you know and it's a gossip it's a positive gossip but people should try to do it a little bit more rather than saying okay how bad the other when person someone was
2: someone else has done what you would like to have done but better than you can
11: yeah, I think it could, It could. you know, it's an information. Let's say it's some kind of sharing of informational or knowledge or some sort what of story. What about
2: when another architect got, a, got praise for something that they copied from someone else?
11: Uh, w- yes, okay, th- th- there's another story altogether. I mean, I was trying to keep a little bit more to the point of how do we differentiate the idea of a basic knowledge, the uh, old gossips, okay? Then, yes, there are those inf- situations where you find yourself um, against the wall and say, okay, those people have really cut corners, they g- they got to the end, while well we try to do our best, and we went through the, you know, uh, all of the rules and regulations they were to do, and others, because they know people, they managed to cut through corners, and they and they won. And that's... Well, sometimes... A gossip. But it's a story. Uh, see, I think, I'm a bit confused at the idea of what actually a gossip is in architecture, because... We had lots of different opinions about it, so I don't know if everyone is clear about the idea ag- of gossiping in well, in That's why
2: of we're talking about it. That it's quite a multifaceted uh, uh, phenomenon, isn't it?
11: It is. I, indeed, it is. I mean, it's it's There's very many ways wild to come, as a come at it.
2: Pardon? The many ways to come at it. People have been killed. You know, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, for for, for <laughs> unwise gossip. Like if you, I was in the Uffizi Gallery the other day, and there's a painting by Botticelli of King Midas, and there's uh, 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 this poor prisoner called Calumny is being dragged by the hair towards Midas because he's rumoured to have said bad things about the king, and of course he was going to be. <laughs> yes. So it, it, it does run a risk. That is, um, uh, uh, c- has anyone actually said anything about others that they regret?
6: Like oh, I wa- sorry, I wasn't going to answer that question. No. I, was gonna say. I was just going to say, um, I think the reality is is absolutely... I haven't heard any good gossip for so long. I just think it's totally boring. It's not around so much. It's just totally... I mean, I think there's a lot of good gossip, like I was saying, like, you know, intelligence, as in, um, you know, who you should work for, who you shouldn't work for, who's a shit, who isn't a shit, who pays... You know, all that kind of stuff. That's not really gossip. That's just being clever and having some kind of shared intelligence. I spend my life more and more with people who use gossip... In order to look really cool. And it's just, yeah, that was one of my first. It's just so pathetic. And um, I I often sit around tables, and before (laughs) we have to, you know, before we get to anything useful, we spend 15 minutes talking, mainly men, talking about what exciting, amazing political, you know, or whatever person they might have bumped into, had conversations with. And it's, you just sit there thinking, really? You know, but people we, we find, find that endlessly through? entertaining. No, I that's, I find it what endlessly that's what. But that's what soap
2: operas are based no, on, but on. Because it's
6: not all they're doing is saying, "Aren't I important? Look who I know. Don't you think I'm cool?" And, and frankly, no. Currency. Because we've, it all, we've heard it all before. And there isn't anything. I, I don't think anyone's told me anything one to one that I haven't heard you know, in a kind of open room. That's the other thing. And then the other, just very quickly before I pass it over. um, There is a serious point to this. And I think that when it comes to useful, sharing useful information and (laughs) gossiping, um, you can, you know, then as an industry, we start to get somewhere. When we have Chatham House Rules conversations where you're able to talk about stuff, people that, you know, learn some lessons, you know, and understand some some positives that come out (laughs) of shit stuff that happens then then i think we start to get somewhere and if we you want to call it gossip you want to call it whatever it is but a lot of the time it isn't gossip it's pontificating and when it's when it's useful gossip then you can take it away and do something positive with it but otherwise i think frankly it's a waste of time
2: but i think that sort of puts the puts the hits the nail on the head about gossip It is not necessarily useful
6: well, personally I
2: mean, I, I, I just,
4: you, I mean, the gentleman who just spoke before just said, you know, he wasn't sure what gossip is. And I think that's something. I I mean, everybody will have different views on what gossip is, but for me, gossip is when two people, or three people, but normally two people, are together, having an informal conversation, and one person shares information that they probably shouldn't have shared with that person yes. at the time. That is gossip. That is you know, all this stuff wrong. that Sadie's talking about, which I completely kind of sympathise with, you know, just big men, you know, willing stuff, is just um, boring. <laughs> um, it's not stories, it's 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 boring, men do a hell of a lot of that
2: um that's funny men think men yeah, weird that, that isn't it
4: <laughs> um but, but but you know that that is gossip and and it's trading, and I think that that's girls are really good at it um there's it's funny yeah they they sort of are and aren't, but we haven't got time to go into that, but i think um I mean, that's why I think it's kind of important that this, the gossip thing continues, because it is a way of getting information out. You know, it's getting this, these informal conversations get important stuff out. I mean, let's face it, Harvey Weinstein was a gossip story. You know, it took the New York Times and the New Yorker to break that story. Well, maybe you did,
2: Nigel. I did, because I... Yeah, well, you move
3: in such elevated circles. No,
2: no, no, not that. Everyone in the movie industry knew about that.
3: Can I just, uh, just on the gossips not happening... situation. I just don't believe that. I just don't buy it. I think some of us here are just too old to be getting the good gossip. That's why you're not <laughs> hearing it. Because gossip <laughs> happens often at lower levels where people are, are sharing information. And so the idea that people go to work and don't share gossip I just think is, is bogus. I'm, they're, they're doing it all the time in different ways.
12: Agreed. Thoughts? I actually just have one question to sort of counter the the professional PR, and I think especially here in London, it's it's very professionalized and very outsourced. And Yulian are part of the um, the phenomenon, the not the problem, the <laughs> phenomenon. But um, I um, studied in the Netherlands and worked over there, and I worked in the PR department of OMA and my partner, who who I met in Rotterdam, he worked in the PR department of MVRDV. So and these are full-time in-house PR departments and would you not think that maybe outsourcing that PR function means that there's, I don't know, less quality gossip. I mean, every time the, well, the, the, the head of PR, PR of MBR TV when he's in London, we go t- and have dinner with him and the stories are amazing, but that's because he's there 24-7 with the partners, with the interns, in the office, whereas you know, you've got tens of clients personally. Maybe you oversee the whole business, so you don't quite have that, you know, microscopic view of things. It's possibly. Like uh, it's more of the. It's more about just the gossip. You know, who's doing what, who's going to work with unsavoury regimes. Um, but do you think that, that, that do stuff. you think
2: gossip is juicier in larger architectural organisations? It's not necessarily in larger architectural organizations but g- it's, gossip's really limited it's, isn't
12: it? But it's possibly juicier in organizations where the PR is maybe in-house, that's more the, the issue if, you've, if you're a PR and you, you, know, you take care of you know, 10 offices um, stuff, you're not really there with them, but if you're an in-house PR and then you go out with some of your journalist friends, you know that office front to back as it were That's all. I think what we're doing is we're we're
2: confusing sort of an organized...
3: uh, Gossip as a profession. Yeah, exactly. That's right. We're confusing sort of an organized PR program with what gossip is. And gossip is naughty. It's passing on information that you're not meant to. And that happens at every single level. That happens... I mean, I used to get most of the gossip from my office, from my cleaner. Because... He, uh, Jimmy had been there for 15 years he knew exactly <laughs> what was going on who was doing what to who when they weren't all of those sorts of things so uh, it's uh, you know I think it's a very human thing and we love to trade it because we all want to sound important and to, and excite someone I mean it's really exciting as Sadie said you know she's she needs some gossip you know we all we all well she tried, kind of trashed she's not getting it she put good it in the litter stuff. bin Good gossip. <laughs> Good gossip is exciting and thrilling and all of those sorts of things. And that's why everybody does it. That's why postmen, milkmen, all of those sorts of people all trade in gossip. So the idea that an organized PR function is going to fix your gossip problem is just its just not going to happen. So is
11: gossip something that comes around the idea of someone breaking the rules? Yeah. So in the moment that a gossip becomes hot is because someone is... Not follow the uh, normal path, and then this the person stands out of the uh of the, of the crowd and therefore it becomes someone's especially in some way, whether in a better, or, or a good light. So the aim of a gossip, that's what I, my question. Was, is it to Excuse actually you trying to identify really someone, a identify a story? Like what is the like real, that. for you, for example? Yeah. I mean, is it more about the story is <laughs> it <Yeah>. about <laughs> getting someone? I mean, some, uh, Sorry, the gentleman here said the ultimately you always said to put a face to a gossip. Because a gossip about a story becomes just a story, it's not a gossip anymore. So what is the ultimate aim of gossiping? for you. What What
2: is the outcome?
11: Yeah, no, the aim of gossiping. For example, in architecture... uh, Self-engrandisement. What to the person that gets gossiped? Because ultimately that person gets the reward because either gets... People talking about someone. So, me and you are gossiping about someone but the only person that gains out of it is that person because that person gets fame of some sort. So... Might
2: get trashed totally. (laughs) Unjustifiably for sleeping with the wrong person
11: yeah obviously but, but then s- it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's down to you know you knew what you were doing before you did it so uh, uh, gossiping in that moment doesn't really uh, help your situations it's so just about it two people I think that there is an intrinsic situa- outcome out of a gossip that makes that person because I gossip to you about him then you say something about him, that person become. An idol of some sort. You're in a better, good life. I'm line, not so sure that it works like that. No, <laughs> no? no, I know.
2: I think that the the, uh, the the subject of the gossip can be can be uh, trashed uh, w- uh, uh, and and actually be taken down rather so than necessarily. So you're looking at the
11: because the negative points.
2: Well, off. I mean, maybe the Oscar Wilde quote was said that it didn't matter what people said about you. It was just better to be talked about than not. Uh, which is sort of yeah, um, uh, uh, a kind of rule d- of the press, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but d- it's not. Doesn't mean to say that people can't. What about Ratners? You remember that those stores with the the tr- the, uh, the guy who owned Ratners, uh, the jewelers, high street jewelers, admitted that what he was selling was crap, and within six months, all his chain had collapsed.
10: Yeah, I mean, I mean, what what you're saying about the idol thing? Sorry, um, I, I kind of disagree with, as well, and I agree with Nigel. I don't think that's the aim. I don't think that's the product. And I want to clarify that thing about David Harper and Ken Mackay. They, 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 they enjoyed that kind of mid, late 80s, mid 90s success in architecture in Soho. Soho. They were in Soho a lot of the time. End of story. That meant Groucho, that meant drinking, that meant all sorts of degeneration. That was what their life was. Then the gossip gets worse and worse and worse. There's affairs, there's fighting, all sorts of stuff. And it was all true. And drugs, plenty of drugs too. They were not idols of anyone who worked there. None at all. None at all. But
5: I think there's I another I think there's th- another Aspect which is boredom. I think many, many people, particularly you know, in offices, let's say, are bored. They they want to live through somebody else's life, yeah. and therefore, I think. Then I come back to my thing of inventing gossip, or at least speculative gossip. It's fascinating. I mean, it for me, somebody has to be really, really boring, and there are people who you <laughs> can't speculate upon and the sort of middle range people, who are sort of a bit boring, but then you start <laughs> sniffing at certain things, you watch little, it's, you watch tiny points, and you start, and, and once, if you're onto something, it gets really good, because the sort of obviously sort of sex, drugs, and rock, rock and roll people are sort of out there, and they're a bit, a bit boring in a funny way, but this, this person, who's a lit, the little mouse figure, male or female, you watch the mouse, you watch the mouse with another mouse, and, and it can be really, really intriguing if, if you can watch the case. It's rather like those sort of slow movies or novels where, you know, there isn't an obvious her- hero or heroine at the beginning, and you watch, or, 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 or another thing, again, speaking as a sort of teacher, you watch the little almost creepy character who, who's at the back and, the, and the, the person with the big voice and the person with the great talent, they're out there and they do stuff. And you watched a little creepy character. That's and maybe, maybe, maybe... Watching them as
2: well. Is it
8: just
5: you? I, I don't know. I would, like, I would like to think other people <laughs> watching it, but I suspect many people don't because they, 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 they need you guys to, to, to give them... You know, the, the stuff up front. But in the end, you say, okay, so-and-so's landed this big job and they fucked up somebody else. But watching the creepy character in the corner come alive. I mean, we, we have quite a lot of uh, Asian people working with us. And they, that's very weird because they're, they're terribly quiet. But you know, happy? but you know once you get to know them really, they're up to everything you can think of. <laughs> and I was just telling you, maybe I'll, I'll tell this quick, quick. A week ago, I was in a room in a town in China, and the hostess was running this restaurant, but a un- small restaurant, unlike this one, it only had us in it. It was exquisitely designed. It had smoke in the garden to make you feel as if you're in a cloud, etc., etc. The owner married to a very rich person who enabled her to run restaurants and run art events. She had two of her lovers there as part of her entourage, her Japanese lover and her young Chinese lover. Her best friend is the mistress of a guy who's been kicked out of China because he's in the triads. Uh, Unfortunately, I had to leave town, and I don't know... but you didn't even know you know there was enough to to work on now that's what i call extreme situation i'm which is the opposite of watching little little mr., little mr mouth in the corner both are fascinating but this was, one was in your face and it wasn't even in your own town and, and god you, you know one's tongue what, what else what else you know are the guns outside? Are the drugs under the table? What? What? What's next? And then you have to fly out. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say li- that... Living that in your yes.
2: own soap opera, in a sense, that's kind of a pleasure then, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Is to hear this thing from that person and someone, something else from the other person. Oh, I just wanted to say
7: it's another BV editor. Here. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> it's <a> <laughs> popular. <laughs> <laughs> in true, yes. Uh, th- there's, I, I was going to say, the thing that distinguishes good gossip from other kinds of information it's it's person to person, it's not mediated by a screen you don't get good gossip via email it's like moments of intimacy even if they're temporary where people let things out because you've formed a connection that um, they shouldn't have said and that doesn't happen if it's mediated by technology
2: So you mean like something you've heard about Patrick Schumacher that you haven't read on (laughs) disease?
7: Yeah, there's a <laughs> different quality <laughs> of it. <laughs> of course. No, so it's not interesting. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I mean the
2: well exactly. got it. you want to know the other stuff that's not there.
10: I've got a good yeah. Patrick Schumacher one. Go um, <laughs> yeah. Um, b- 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 <laughs> 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 <laughs>
5: huh? No,
1: sorry, sorry i no, 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 just, no. just a quick I'll one. I'll
10: pass it back, Rob. Sorry. Patrick came to two Negroni talks. First one he um, came was great, really good. Second one coincided when the news broke that he was earning 5.4 million a year. Yeah, he didn't pay for any drinks when he was here. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Where? Somebody down there. Who is it? Hello, Oliver. You've been very quiet.
13: <laughs> Hi, I'm, I'm uh, from Argent, so possibly, who else works for a client? Right, okay, shit. Um, just to say that I think one of the things you guys may or may not realise, because you're all in it, is that outside of your industry, especially at the junior levels, we see you as, dare I say, cat monkeys, or at the best, people that build things that last for hundreds of years. And so I think gossip is something that really humanizes your industry. And I think it's one way of crossing the border from all of the architects in the room, 60 of you, talking to each other, to something that developers might pick up on. And when we are thinking about who to invite for a competition or who to give a brief to, in a way it's the Oscar Wilde quote again. If we've heard that someone leading a practice has a freaky opinion, or has maybe slept with someone they shouldn't have, and um, I'm not gonna bring Joe Morrison into this, um, it does bring them up, up our radar. And to an extent like any artist, which you all think you are, if you're being talked about, it means you're making a cultural contribution. That's all I have to say. Uh, what <laughs> I was
10: sorry,
5: I was just I was just
6: gonna. I don't want to talk now because I thought that was a really interesting point point. So, um, and I was going to slightly change the subject um, but hold that thought and I don't know if anyone else wants to respond to it because I haven't got anything clever to say other I than d- I can give you my list of all the boys I, I, b- I was work, just thinking on the side get me a job. Is
2: it also important that the, the best gossip really isn't actually about your professional position or the, w- the stuff that might be discussed at a higher level. It's about personal relationships, as Peter said, which is not necessarily architectural. It's kind of the underworld to the, to the uh, official conversation. I, yeah.
7: Well, sorry, the only other thing I was going to bring in is the whole new dimension that we have to deal with of social media, which is, uh, you know, what are the limits that you should go to in terms of scouring social media uh, as a potential employer and a potential employee? Because obviously there's things now like glass door. I just I just googled it now to check there wasn't anything about me on there. But on Glassdoor, you can see what every disgruntled employee has said about their employer, which is very interesting. That's a new one. one. We'll check it. We'll check Nigel Coates on Glassdoor in a moment. Um, But also, um, you know, how much is it appropriate to look at, you know, someone's Facebook before you hire them? Uh, certainly when we get a new client, I will go through everything, what's their LinkedIn profile, what's, you know, just find out who the hell they are, who I'm talking to, who I'm dealing with. But you have to be aware that the boot is on the other foot and that people are going to be doing that back to you. And I think you just have to take, I personally have to take a view that whatever you say in whatever medium is on the record. There is no any more off the record. And you've just got to like tough that out a little bit, I think, and not be, bow- not be cowed by it. I, I, I think, but I think that that is where the NDA thing comes very strongly through, and it's a real bore because if you know that any single piece of information, you're the only possible source that that could have come from. You just have to be really careful about yeah, that.
4: It's not just NDAs, is it? Cause I think architects,
7: and I don't think it's just architects, but we're all. Okay. We're all, um,
4: and I, but I think architects are particularly sensitive about it, um, being having a expressing a view. On trans, or you know, climate change, or, or something, and being taken down on social media. I think that um, I mean it's not really quite gossip, but it's kind of like going back to this thing about conversations and saying something when you're off guard, and you know, you've had a couple of drinks, and you you know, it it gets into the wrong it gets into the wrong hands. Now, I don't think BD or you know any of the other publications would have done that particularly. No, not malicious, but I think the problem now, which you've just talked about, is kind of everything is everywhere. And this point that somebody made about, Rob made about, you know, you've got to do it face-to-face. Because ultimately, everything you write is, you know, your your Facebook, your, your WhatsApp... Uh, well, WhatsApp's supposedly encrypted, but it's all out there. So you have to do face to face, and nobody is doing face to face. So that gossip, that stuff that we're talking about, just isn't getting done because nobody's going out the office, nobody's having the meetings. It's getting done in the office, but who, frankly, cares unless we can read about it?
1: I mean, I watched um, Amber Rudd on Andrew Marr. The other morning on Sunday morning and Andrew Marr was basically mining for gossip he was asking for the inside track on what was going on in Johnson's government and she sort of you know played it politically as she, she's going to I wonder whether there's an interface between gossip and whistleblowing that the architect should actually occupy I mean we are in a time of uh, where you have climate change uh, issues you have social uh, you know the one versus the 99% what is architecture doing in terms of those kind of bigger issues should architects actually blow the whistle on what's actually going in on inter- inside of their own profession and in the face of the NDA's that you were talking about I suppose there's a question
2: oh I've got two <laughs> who wants one of them <laughs>
6: um, I'll just say that the last interview that I went to, as I walked out the door, I was asked um, if I would like to comment on social my social media, and I'm like, oh fuck, have they seen my Burning Man pictures? And uh, and I said, sure. We're on 48. What what am I supposed to say? And uh, they said, it's just I have a list of all your tweets here was that? I'm not going to tell you.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
6: but you can surmise that I've just yeah. been put on the board of something. And yeah. that was the well, last interview I had. So, but, but it's the same with any political job that I've ever been for. The same question that I'm asked. So the first time that I went and had a job in government, as I walked out the door, they said, is there anything that might embarrass government? You know, is there an, an, anything that, yeah, and I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> uh, you know, and I literally, when you ask that question, when you get to my age, I'm just like thinking, <laughs> what do they mean? <laughs> like, I, I mean, seriously, because I'm completely, this, the first time I, I was asked, I was completely naive to this. I'm thinking, do they mean drugs? Do they mean sex? Do they, mean, I, you know, what do they mean? And, um, and I just looked like a rabbit in headlights and said, oh, <laughs> you know, and I, I ran out the door. before you realised? I, realized
2: I, I ran out the m- door
6: and I phoned a friend and I said, "Could you please tell me what did they mean?" And they said, "Sadie, do you pay your tax?" And I went, "I do freaking pay my tax." And He said, "You're fine." And do not have a criminal record. Oh, didn't even ask about my criminal record. <laughs> 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 but, um, but just very, just sorry, just before we move on, I was just thinking about. This, a safe space, actually, to gossip, and um, and and I have just come back from my third Burning Man, and there is something amazing about being in a space where you are with, you hear the most extraordinary stories. And the most incredible gossip, and 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 because you are what at
2: Burning Man? Yeah,
6: no, because you're surrounded by people. Who because they because, because it's unmediated. You're no, with no, a lot. The rule is the rule is you. It's like you know when when on tour or whatever you boys do on tour stays on tour kind. Of, I mean it's the same kind of, it's the same level of discretion, which is you can talk about anything, but you do not pass it on, and and I have to say there's something extraordinarily freeing about having a really open conversation one-to-one with people about stuff that you are happy to share and as I say, i pretty much share most things in my life I'm an over sharer and um, but you, it's nice to be able to do that in an environment where you know it's not going to come back to bite you and somebody doesn't say, here's a list of all the things that you've had a conversation. I'm like, really? I mean, is it really that interesting? But, so, so I think there's also, it's important to have space where you can gossip safely I mean, I know Which that is what
2: the kind of gentlemen's clubs were about originally, know, wasn't it? I that d- they were they were know, safe maybe, spaces. Maybe, where maybe
6: I've never experienced that before. Or shows or plenty of that. Or even no, this one I've here. To any of that sort of we're,
2: we're sort of in yeah, a safe exactly. world here. Are
6: we? I don't know. I mean, you know, there's how many journalists huh? are here all writing it up? Probably not.
5: I found airplanes are weird. I, I've been next to somebody who I knew sort of several times. People I didn't know immensely well, but knew to some extent, well, and they the will tell you long haul or even oh, really short, good. and Possibly. they really start talking. You know, have a couple of drinks and up in the air, and suddenly you hear all about their love life, their exactly. childhood, you're, you're, their phobias, yeah. and then and actually you don't repeat it. It's funny. It's you you keep it in the air, uh, but it's amazing the number of times people. I don't know what it is. Does something to your head? Because you're. That that even
2: though it's an unlikely situation, that you've actually built up an atmosphere of trust in this, on this, on the plane. No, maybe not. But 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 the situation is conducive to trust, Mm. because you only reveal stuff that is. Did you reveal anything about yourself?
5: (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Well, this is
2: more than once. So, so do we? We think that gossip then has changed.
4: Aren't the personalities as well? I think that's something Peter and I were talking about. There's no Zaha, there's no Will, there's no Cedric. And well, there's the there's about Zaha,
2: but Zaha, there's plenty of gossip now about what Zaha oh. did and didn't do in her life. Well, hold on. And now I mean,
4: there is a story about Zaha Hadid Architects, which is a dynamite story, and can anybody write it? But, but just because well, we, we know what the story is. I mean, it's a story about the big financial, you know, what's happened to the trust and the, the whole. yeah. But you it has you been have written, you written
2: about. Her no, I'm not. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> but
4: I mean, that story is kind of totally locked down legally. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of thinking, why isn't somebody. But doing that's this?
2: because Zaha was, became so. Uh, it's not so but, it,
3: but sorry, isn't isn't the point? Isn't oh, the point of he gossip? So I mean, well, the of are course are. But, but, I know okay. what you're talking so, so about. So you're just showing what how gossip works. So just because Do, it's we? not <laughs> in the press, you you're all talking and no, we're I think not everybody can, in this
4: room would know what we're slightly talking about. But but the you?
3: but oh, isn't no. the point of gossip yeah. if we go back to the point of gossip, it's about that intimacy where you you guys obviously know exactly what you're talking about, so you will gossip about it somewhere else. So oh. just because it's not published doesn't mean that the gossip's not happening. No,
2: so No no I mean, all yeah, the I more agree. the case that it is happening because it's not
4: yeah no your point i mean leanne made the point about the you know the, the gagging clause and this is exactly where this gagging clause has come in because we cannot really go, i mean i don't think peter unless he i got him really drunk is mm-hmm. going to tell me yeah it's too he's not going to tell me no. and actually even if i got it and i took it to someone they're going to go but you know this is legally we can't do this story but this is a really, Well really it's also
2: because all of that, all of the, what you're referring to, is ongoing. And therefore it has an extra toxic dimension, because history hasn't reflected on it. We're, and even though she's no longer with us, bless her, she, she, her, her aura continues. And that's partly what makes it a kind of focus of stories around... Much that happened.
4: Okay. I think there's one story we're referring to, which is, um, we we won't continue talking about because it's sort of silly. But, I mean, I'm just, that is a very good example of gossip, um, gagging clauses, celebrity, people being in the know, people having information, people maybe not having the right information, and not being able to publish. It's a kind of perfect gossip story. And I think it has, I mean, uh, Paul and I talked about this the other day. It's kind We're of like she is, it is kind of something that would be very interesting to get to the bottom of, because I think um, Zaha, who we all kind of admire, I don't think she'd be particularly... I don't need to, but she wouldn't be particularly happy with what's going on.
9: I think there's a distinction between um, gossip and hard news, and although it's true that gossip and rumor may well be the basis by which journalists discover things about what a major story is. Actually, they're kind of too big to be gossip. I mean, at a trivial level, you know, the funniest thing I've heard this evening is Patrick, who actually, he doesn't get paid five million a year. He's taken a big deferred payment from, like, three years or something. He still gets paid plenty. But the fact that he didn't buy a drink in it, I think, is very, very funny. And uh, you should never discount that... People want to be amused with gossip stories, the reason that magazines and newspapers have gossip columns is to build their circulation, that's the only reason, that's it, that's the reason. There's no moral purpose in revealing gossip or doing lots of hard work on it, the only aim of it is to get people reading, you and not somebody else.
4: But, Paul, I completely disagree with that point you've just made. I'm sorry. But, I mean, you know, one of the ways which you surely should know as a former editor of BD and AJ is that one of the ways that journalists get stories, one of the ways is via gossip. I mean, those stories, you know, may end up in the gossip section of the magazine or the paper but they may also be stories that you know as we said earlier become kind of the journalists research them and they stand them up and they are stories my point earlier is that that's not happening because there's no resources to do that so they kind of never get written about the Zaha one is an exceptional story, but I really kind of disagree with you that it's like not a gossip story. We are all talking about it. We're standing in this cafe or restaurant talking about this story. It's gossip.
9: Well, it isn't really because no oh, one for because no, so What is
4: it then, Paul? Okay. What is it? <laughs>
9: It's boring, because... Really? Because it's well, ca- it seems because to have entertained
4: this room quite well for the last five minutes.
9: Well, it may have entertained them, but it's all going to come out in court, so... It no, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's, it's a, not. It's a legal case, and it will come out in court, because they always do, unless unless there's a settlement out of court, and that's a problem. That's a story. That isn't tittle-tattle, and nor is no, it about unexpected relationships between... Uh, to people. I mean there are, there are plenty of things about the internal uh, human relationships with, with people in that practice and that is gossip. I'm, and not, I'm not talking about those. And actually I, I dispute the fact there isn't. There's plenty of gossip. I sort of idly thought, when I, right I'm going to come to this event this evening, I'm just going to sort of concoct in my mind a mental gossip column and um, it's taken me four days. It's looking pretty good. I'm not going to publish it because I don't want (laughs) to blow what remains of my last contacts, but there's some, some of the people just thinking about the gossip stories of yesteryear and people who've been mentioned this evening, Norman Foster, one of my favourite gossip stories, which I wrote, headline, World's favourite architect sues himself. It was absolutely true, absolutely hilarious. We never mentioned Frank Gehry. But my favourite Frank Gehry story is he was Canadian, uh, and when he was in his teens in World War II, he was in an honour guard for the Duke of Kent, who was on a sort of war mission to Canada and Frank Gehry had to go in an honour guard and sing they will always be in England and he said I'm never going to do anything like that ever again. He goes to America but years later the Canadians offer him honorary Canadian citizenship because he'd become so famous. He thinks that's very gracious, uh, I'll, go to the, I'll go to the embassy and then of course the National Anthem was played in front of a portrait of the Queen and this moment with the Duke of Kent comes back to him decades later, you just can't escape the Empire. Eric Parry, a lovely man, why has he got a spring in his step? Because the so-called hard news stories that the tallest building in the City of London is out the window because the finances disappeared. No! He's got a spring in his step because they're only a 20% partial investor. It's not a problem. And by the way, Eric's very resilient. You know why? Because he spent two years of his life living in a squat in a bus outside the roundhouse. That's not a bad bit of gossip, <laughs> is it, for those who don't know it? And so I've got some scabrous stuff here that I won't get. There's, there is tons of it, ladies but and these gentlemen. These are quite old stories. And the, well, Sorry to, to
4: put a dampener on yeah, things, but, but I mean, but I but think what we're talking about is gossip old, that's kind of new.
9: Old, old, old can be interesting. Okay, an architect recently... Uh, was going around Sandringham uh, at request of someone or other to do some work on the palace and the chapel and going around with a security person who amazingly his name is Major Buster and um, the architect said to Major Buster he said uh, well the work we've got to do on the chapel, from your point of view what do you think about chapels? He thinks from my point of view a chapel is simply a sniper opportunity funny? No? Okay fine <laughs> I've got one other. The chief executive of development corporation, which is going down the tubes and there's going to be an almighty uh, crash of money and, and failed objectives. Um, it, he should be used to coping that because in a former life, he worked as um, a British Railway's a signalman. Now, that is funny and true when it comes out because it's the juxtaposition of the unexpected. How can somebody who runs a development corporation be a former railway signalman? But actually, life is stranger. The truth is stranger uh, than fiction, um, and it always has been. I'll stop there.
2: Well, Paul, thank you. You all you. right? I've got one more. Oh, another.
9: <laughs> okay. 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 A London competition, and amazingly, the winner shares a house with, you know, like somebody who's seriously involved with the client organisation. Uh oh. Is that going to appear anywhere? Well, I wonder who that I'm is. I'm not going to say who it is. <laughs> no, I've concocted it in my mind because I know who it is. All I'm saying is it's all out there. It's all out there. It's all out, it's there. All out there, in
2: the swims. Okay. Well, uh, Any further thoughts from any of you? you? You've been very quiet, a lot of you. Is that... Is that because it's been boring? <laughs> Have you got. Has anyone.
7: Oh. <laughs> Both my colleagues are really <laughs> worried now. No, I just think gossip is incredibly. cathar. What do you say? What, what do you call it? Cathartic. You know, we run a small practice and it's incredibly tough. And when we get in in the morning, we just sort of, we just so enjoy talking about how our colleagues are doing really badly, or they fail in this competition, or they embarrass themselves in the press. And I think that sort of gossip it, is what drives us. We need a bit of this, you know.
2: That's what gets us up in the morning. It makes you Every feel better to know other badly. people that you, you to dwell on other people's demise yeah. is a key element in, yeah, the yeah, yeah. in the pleasure of gossip. Exactly. Well, has anyone posted anything tonight? <laughs> Hashtag what was it? Negroni talks. Oh, gossip. Negroni talks. talks. Negroni talks. Negroni gossips. Negroni <laughs> talks gossiped. Okay.
8: I, I'd like to know, and probably this is more aimed at Sadie and Peter as the architects on the panel. Have you ever been at the result of gossip, and has it ever done you, you know, it, have you ever done badly as a result of it? Has it ever done you any harm? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm no, sure. Has it ever can. done you harm? Or
6: harm? Can
8: I? Can well I, don't
6: I, know. You? I Why don't you tell me? I mean, I don't. <laughs> I'm <laughs> not, <I'm laughs> not <laughs> worth. So <laughs> I just. <laughs> yeah, I, no, actually, I just want to g- not to tell
8: you, your, tell you
3: the thing about you. But just on a more positive note, and, and to that. I mean, we've talked about some of the serious uh, uh, issues, but most of us are very resilient to gossip. And the, the gentleman there was talking about uh, you know, social media and do you be scared about everything. I think we've we've reached a, a situation largely led by our politicians where nobody really gives a damn. Um, So if you've done something really, really bad, then yes, you know, it'll have some commercial impact. But we get clients calling all the time, you know, someone said this about me or this has happened or that's happened. And most of the time, uh, I know you probably think we're the princes and princesses of darkness, but most of the time we say just let it go. It doesn't really matter. And, and again, to the, to the point about calling people out within the profession, I, I'd, I'd sort of counter against that. No one really cares outside of the profession. I think there's a oh. lot of whistleblowing. I'm not talking about the Yeah, that's village
2: stuff. green stuff. Yeah, and of course we, we, exactly, we want to exactly. hear about but the d- village green. That's
3: right. That's, that's gossip and it's, you know, a banter and everything else. But don't uh, misconstrue it as, as being a whistleblower, saying one architect is less climate you know green than the other because every everyone's in the same boat but isn't on this it one. true
2: that the 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 the, the way that uh, big architect big practices in particular have become sort of brands and the more that an office becomes a brand the more the people at the top of that office are going to protect themselves against they're going to kind of insulate themselves against uh, mistruths or kind of giving the wrong idea. But fortunately, all the other people that work in those, there's a kind of underbelly (laughs) to that kind of grandiosity and that projection of self-perfection is bound to have its opposite and uh, counterforce which i kind of conclude can conclude from what you've all been saying is actually a good, a good thing. thing a exactly. human thing a kind of what makes life worth living exactly. is and it's exchange a safety net between people that is not mediated by others that is actually kind of direct
3: Exactly, and I think that you know I've, I've witnessed so many people trying to control every aspect of their yeah. The their more they control it, it, it. the you more the
2: gossip it. will survive.
3: Exactly, and, and on that note, surviving. I
2: thank you all very, very much, especially the dog, who's obviously <laughs> completely <laughs> bored by the conversation. <laughs> so, thank you, everybody. Thank you. <laughs> oh,
4: it's got now.
0: Thanks for listening. For more on Negroni Talks, visit our website at www.fourthspace.co.uk where you can see all our past and upcoming events or find us and subscribe to the show in iTunes. Negroni Talks, mixing it in architecture.